Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I have created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Marriage and divorce, mental health, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics we discuss here. But let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful, am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, welcome to my podcast, Hard Beautiful Journey. I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of your valuable time with me today. I really don't take that lightly. Have you ever laughed so hard you think that you might have peed yourself a little bit or a lot? (laughs) Well, my guest today made me laugh during a very stressful time. And I think that those are the times when laughing are the most needed and the most appreciated and the most therapeutic. When I started this podcast, I said, if you can laugh at least once in your day, your day will be better than if you didn't laugh. Jenny B is here and I am pumped. Jenny is a speaker, a host, and a standout entertainer. She has also been a world traveler, actor, radio host, Christian, and something so amazing as well, an advocate for youth at risk. She is on a continual journey of finding herself, living her purpose, and that has come in waves, waves of beautiful self-discovery, waves of disappointment, confusion, bliss, excitement, challenge, beautiful things, and hard things. And I can't wait any longer for you to hear from this very special person. So without further ado, here is Jenny B. Hey, Jenny B. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I am so pumped that you are here because I met you at Rise 2020, which was an ACE Collective event. And mm-hmm. at, at a crazy time, let's be real, right? Like that day, was it that day or the, yeah, it was that day that they announced all of the, um, the changes, stuff, the changes. Yeah. And yeah. I remember phoning out to Lake Louise and saying, uh, is this still going on? And yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're still going. And so <laughs> I drove out there, went to this event and I had been to a rise, um, Rachel Hollis event in March, right like, mm-hmm. I don't know, three days before the first thing hit. And yep. now I was going to another RISE event on the day <laughs> of more closures. So I was like, what is going on with these RISE events? I don't understand. So I was kind of- And the closures, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of in a state of, I don't know what, what I'm doing. I don't know if this is the right thing. And I get there and I uh, I got there the night before. I show up the next morning and- I don't know about you, but I felt like the vibe was like, 
what's happening? <laughs> Nobody was really 100%. like- 100%. Right? Was that how you felt too? Well, Jessica Jansen opened the day and I know her. She was the first speaker. Yeah. An amazing, great woman with a great story and a great speaker. And she had some heavy lifting to do because I think you're right. Everybody was just in a little bit of, how do we do this? We were all sitting at tables, like desks spread out (laughs) throughout the entire, it reminded me of exams. Remember in like high school or university where you go into the gymnasium? Greatest people don't cheat on each other. And that was the first thought that I had walking into the room. So I don't know if we're just like like pre-psychologically having that anxiety pop up that we're going into an exam room, but it was like all the pencils and everything sitting beside the stuff. Yeah, it was it was was, was uh, intense. It was it was intense. And um actually the reason why I signed up to go to Rise was because of Jessica. I met her about a year ago and And so I was actually quite excited that she was the first person because I don't know if she wouldn't have been the first person, I probably would have packed up because it was so heavy in the room. And, um, but yeah, she did an amazing job. And then, uh, then you came on (laughs) and oh my goodness, the, so Jenny, (laughs) Jenny did a, a comedian act and there was a part of one of them with the chin hair. And oh my God, I was dying laughing. I was like dying laughing at that because it's so <laughs> true. It is so true. So it is anyway, so true. it is so true. But there was something that um, came up in, in the Rise event that drew me to you immediately. And it was your vulnerability, first of all for actually getting on a stage and doing a comic act because that is not easy. So can you tell me how you got to getting on stages and doing that? Well, I will tell you, I naturally am an entertainer and I love the spotlight. So this is just who I've been my whole entire life. You know, they say like um, people are more scared of of public speaking than they are of actually dying. Um, uh-huh. That's not me. I <laughs> I have never been that way. I love being. I feel the energy of a room as if it's a tangible thing, and I I, I have an instinct that I I have found a way to tap into a channel where I can communicate and make people laugh or make people think or whatever it is. And so from a very, very, very young age, um, even outside of a stage, like in the schoolyard with my friends, anything, I'm always, I was always telling stories and making up funny characters and dressing up in costume and using tennis rackets and badminton rackets as guitars and doing lip syncs and all the things. And so uh, my career or just, you know, the choices that I was making as a young adult to get into a place where I was, you know, how, where I happened to be upon this, on the stage at Rise, where we met, I, I got into acting because that seemed to make sense to me. And so I then did that in high school and all throughout those years and then went to university for that. I, I took the uh, fine arts uh, performance program in post-secondary and I, got to act in a ton of great shows. I got to have some amazing professionals in the industry help me hone 
that energy that I have on stage and helped me pull out, you know, the essence of what actors do. And it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. And then I got out and I got some gigs acting. Um, like <laughs> what? I what, didn't make, what did you do? Well, like, so for example, like here in Calgary, we have Shakespeare in the park. Yeah. And so I did Shakespeare in the park. Did you really? I did a show at lunchbox theater. Um, I got in, I did a little bit of television stuff, but I, I did like commercials and stuff and mm-hmm. I, I really didn't like it um, really because it wasn't like acting. It yeah. wasn't the theatrics of being on stage <laughs> with all the people. Yeah. And so I, I actually made a big pivot because I realized I was going to be pretty broke if I stuck to just acting on the stage, all the kudos in the world to actors that make a living. I've got family, you know, people that have made a, a great career out of being a stage actor, but I just was like, it didn't feel like the right thing. So I, I would keep on being involved in that community, but I shifted onto radio mm-hmm. and got into the broadcast world. And all the while, the thread throughout everything was that sense of humor, was mm-hmm. that comedic edge, which as you know, when we can look at even some of the greatest comedians, like Robin Williams, for example, he's one of my all-time favorites, but he also has this ability to, on a serious side, tap into something that a lot of, you know, Jim Carrey is another perfect example where these, these polar opposite, uh, you know, sides of them are equally as dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of me in a nutshell. I have, um, I'm a speaker right now. I do a lot of public speaking and um, have an agent for that and, and got to travel and do all kinds of great stuff with that. I talk a lot about leadership and personal growth and development. And, but I weave in what you saw on stage, this comedic thing. Yeah. That, and I'm sure we're going to get to talk about this, that I have never really let come to forefront of my identification of myself even. And, and so getting up on stage at Rise, just doing comedy. Now, I, and I do gigs and show, like I do uh, lots of stuff around town. I go to comedy nights, I do stand up. And I, I felt like it was really important for me to start doing that about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Because you, you can be funny, but getting on stage for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or a half an hour, whatever it is, with the confidence that you are that funny, that that's the only thing you're going to do. You're not just <laughs> going to surprise somebody with a little bit of giggle, like, oh, I came here for a leadership thing. And hey, this person's funny. Wow. Yeah. Cherry on top. Yeah. But to actually be like, no, 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 I'm not here to do anything but make you laugh. I'm that confident <laughs> in my jokes and my ability that I'm just going to make you laugh. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. And stand-up comedy is one of those things where you you better have it ready. Mm-hmm you know, with all of your ducks in a row, you better be rehearsed. You better be practiced. You better know your audience. You like all the timing, everything. And it's scary. It's very, very scary. Um, I until can't Im- you, yeah, I can't you find your group. How scary. I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. do you, do you rehearse your jokes or how does that work? <laughs> you know what I do? So I, I actually did a zoom, uh, I did a zoom comedy thing recently. So that is a whole other level is doing comedy to a screen full of squares. (laughs) And I just have all of these sticky notes. Yeah. This is how I usually write it. I write it out on sticky notes and I usually stick it on the wall right over here. And I've got like sections. I start thinking about it. I'll write stuff in a journal. Stuff will come to me. And then usually for me, honestly, like I'm an 11th hour, like I'm I'm coming in hot. Yeah. I... (laughs) 
I'm like the day before, the night before, I get all those pieces together. I lock myself in the room, usually with a glass of wine. And, or two, yeah, or two, and I and I and I put it together, and it just kind of I don't know, it flows into play, and then I'll go through that. I'll have that in my mind. I'll go over it a few times quite slowly. I'll go for it a couple of times, super super fast. Like I'm not telling the jokes. Like oh, here's the timing. I'm just like yeah, and it just sticks. Like I, I'm 24 hours usually before. Like the set, the both of the sets that I did at Rise, I wrote. Um, via notes and Surrey on my yeah. iPhone yeah. while I was driving to Lake Louise. Really? No yeah. way. The yeah. whole thing. Like whole that app. song at the end. I did a yeah. song at the end, a takeoff of Julie Andrews. And yeah. her, um, these are a few of my favorite things. And I did the whole thing about COVID. But I wrote that while I was driving to Lake Louise in the dark going... Oh, it would be funny. That'd be, we got to do a song. Let's do a song. Like by myself, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah, so I do a little rehearsing, but a lot of it is... is um, you feel it out in the moment too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so one of the things that came up in Rise was people had to volunteer to talk about some tough stuff or get some coaching. And you put up your hand and that that was when I was like, yeah, I need her on my podcast. Like right away, for sure. Because there was, again, the vulnerability piece that just drew me to you, but it was that that you were quieted as a child from not doing that the thing that really lit you up. And mm-hmm. do you want to talk about that and how how that yeah. all came about? Yeah, for sure. So in that moment when they were asking, you know, does anybody want to have uh, does anybody have any questions or whatever, you know, personal questions? I had no idea that I was going raise my hand. I was not, I had not been thinking about it. I was not like, oh, I'm excited that there's a moment where I can ask a question. She just happened to be near me. Mandy was near me with the microphone. And I like, there's an, there's a show. Do you remember Allie McBeal, the TV yep. show? There's an episode from that show, which I loved where she's at a wedding and she's standing up as a bridesmaid. And that point at the wedding where they say, does anybody object to this reunion? And she like is looking at her hand going up as if it's another part. It's not her part of her own body. Yeah. She's like, no, don't that was me. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, uh, and she hands me the microphone. I was immediately emotional. Like I tried to talk and I get, I get one of two options. You're either crying or you're talking. You are not doing both at the same time. So I was like, and so, you know, I got it out that I was able to say like, because everybody had seen me perform the day before Mm -hmm. and I had gotten so much beautiful feedback and people were so generous with their compliments and, and, uh, and she, even the speaker said, she, she had texted me or whatever, and Instagram messaged me and said that, you know, that was my favorite part of the day. And so I, I said, you know, y- you saw that and I'm afraid to really be that. Mm-hmm. And she got into, you know, obviously like any good coach or therapist, tell me about your childhood. You know, like (laughs) it must be, it must be in there somewhere. And sure enough, of course, you know, she brings me back into these memories of um, where I was judged or labeled or pushed down by people that I looked to for guidance, you know, my parents, for acceptance, for love, for unconditional support. 
And I was written off as like that silly kid. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I've always been this girl. I've always been, I've always loved making people laugh. I've always been silly. And I have always had a sense of humor about me, even when things are not so comfortable, you know, to try and bring some light and levity has always been a part of my character. And um, it, it was profound what she did, uh, Yana Robinson. Robinson, mm-hmm. is that her last name? Yeah. She walked me back through what she calls a do-over. and you can remember. I mean, this is in a room. There's like a hundred people in the room. I have and I'm like right now, like remembering it. Like it was so it was, amazing. I watched the digital because every, we were filming it for online. And so I was able to go back actually and watch it. And it was profound for me, even listening to it again. It was ridiculously profound for me in the moment. But mm-hmm. where we went and what she got me to do and how I was able to get I don't know, free. Like I remember describing, it felt like a bubble popped. Mm -hmm. Like I've done a lot of therapy, so I can visualize with the best of them. I meditate a ton. I do lots of yoga. So it wasn't a stretch for me to do that exercise with her in a room full of people. Like I just shut my, you know, shut myself, shut my eyes down and, and grounded and, and, and went into the time warp (laughs) Yep, back to my childhood and had some tears and snot bubbles. And, (laughs) but man, oh man, I'll tell you, it has been life-changing. Mm-hmm. I I felt a shift in the moment and it wasn't just a conference shift. It was, that was the real deal. And um, and since then there's been a lot of changes. I just, as of yesterday, as of Monday, I sent out my headshot, uh, comic resume and reel. So I put clips together from those two weekends yeah. or two days on the weekend and sent it off to that agent in Toronto. So there was a girl in the room whose best yep. friend is one of the biggest comedy agents in the in the country. And the two of us happened to be you had your hat wearing hats. <laughs> yeah, we were wearing those big flat brim hats. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, "I got, I got you. you, I got you." Yeah, so that was amazing. I just sent all of that off yesterday. That is fantastic. To a comic agent. Yeah, good job. Yeah. And I was sitting in front of you, pretty much like right in front of you. And I couldn't even turn around because I was like bawling, mm-hmm. bawling. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't necessarily for your story. It was for my own that I was mm-hmm. remembering something in my childhood that also I was doing a re- redo. And mm-hmm. it was so powerful, so powerful. And then you got up and you did your second act. Mm-hmm. And everybody including Mandy, said you can actually see a shift in you. Could you feel that shift as well? I did. I did. I felt it. As soon as I got on stage, it's hard to really describe. It was almost like instead of it being out here, Mm -hmm. it was in here. Mm -hmm. Like instead of trying to reach at something, Mm-hmm. It was, or check a box, maybe, I don't know, something external. It was something internal. It was coming from somewhere different. And yeah, um, yeah I felt it. And one of my best friends, uh, it was in the audience, Mariah, and she has, she has come to everything I've done. Like even private gigs, I bring her, <laughs> I bring her <laughs> along for support. Like there's no outside people in it. I'm like, no, no, it's my assistant. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, damn you. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. And 
And she, she's like, I've seen you do everything. I've seen bits of pieces of things that you've done. I've seen you do some of those jokes and stories before, and you've never done it like that. She said, so no, you I thought that it. was pretty cool. You absolutely you. rocked it. And that was the bit you did on the uh, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Oh my God. Like it was so, so accurate. It was unbelievable. <laughs> We're going to have to tag my, my YouTube channel in this so people can be like, wait a second. I need to see what are these chin yeah, hairs that Americans, chin what's hairs. going on here? I think every single woman, there was like about a hundred of us went back to our rooms and used <laughs> that magnifying <laughs> mirror to check on our chin yeah. hairs. I am loving this conversation, but first a word from my sponsor. In my podcast, you've probably heard me refer to finding your person. I believe in the importance of having someone to connect with, such as a therapist or a counselor, a person who can objectively support you on this crazy journey of life. The team at Simply Counseling Services can help you find that person. They focus on keeping things simple on the path to your healing. They offer locations in both North and South Calgary, for in-person appointments as well as virtual sessions. Take the first steps on your path to healing by setting up an appointment. Visit their website at simplycounselingservices.com to learn more. The girl that I just had here doing my lashes, I haven't had lashes since COVID, but here we yeah. have them right now. Yeah. Um, she told me that she has a car tweezer. What is a car tweezer? You put a tweezer in your car so that when you're out and the light strikes just in that right spot where you're like, how? When you're, and you're, you're just checking your makeup before you go into whatever store. And you're like, how? Like, it's like, ding! it's like a magic fairy chin hair. The light hits it and it, it, it flashes at you. <laughs> you, have, you have to have a car tweezer so that you can just oh go into the glove box to go, not today, Satan. <laughs> that little bitch out of there. <laughs> I am so getting a car tweezer because it's true. Because yeah, it's when you're driving, that light hits it just right. And you're like, I didn't see you earlier. What the heck? Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about, you have said that you are an advocate for youth at risk. What did you do in that area? Yeah, I, for 10 years, I was the program director for a program called uh, In the Lead. And in the Lead? How I ended up there was through In the Lead. It's an oh, amazing okay. program. It's run by the Calgary Youth Justice Committees. And it is, um, you know what? It changes lives every day and lives of adults as well mm -hmm. as lives of young people that specifically are not in a place in their life where they're getting a lot of support. So these are young people, high school age and a little bit older. So up to about 20, 21. Mm -hmm. And um, we work with organizations like the Alex, where we have uh, a class running there and support running there. And if you don't know about the Alex in Calgary, you should Google it. It's an mm -hmm. amazing organization that is supporting kids again, who just don't have, and they support them with medical, with education, with everything, homes in some cases. Wow. And, uh, and then we right into the schools where we're working in directly in high schools, more in areas where there are 
a few extra challenge layers of challenge than you already have when you're a teenager in high school. Mm-hmm. But these are maybe lower income where there's more crime, there's more opportunity for crime. There's, you know, single parent at home or no parents at home or what your, the students are parents themselves. And we went, um, I, I got a chance to, to co-write the curriculum for oh, wow. these kids. We got it passed by the Alberta Board of Education and it's still being taught in high schools all, all across Calgary today. I'm very proud of that fact. No and we matched these kids one-to-one with mentors in corporate uh, Calgary. So oil and gas people, um, engineers, um, accountants, lawyers, you name it. Yeah. And they were hired or not hired. They volunteered through their organization to be matched one-to-one, not to be kind of like the wise person to tell these kids what to do, but we trained them to just be vulnerable and to be open and authentic and show up and be curious and, and come with a mindset where they would learn something from these kids and show these kids that they have value and Mm -hmm. meaning. Mm -hmm. And the program that we wrote for the adults was kind of mirrored from the program that we wrote for the kids. And so these, these executive people and these kids with nose piercings and tattoos and mohawks and all the things, they became friends. Wow. And it was transformative for both sides. These adults were like, I've never, I've never seen things from this perspective before. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the adults, and we did, we surveyed everybody and got tons and tons of data. The Most of the adults, like 98% of the adults said, I feel like I learned more from this young person than they learned from me. Oh my God. I have goosebumps yeah. again. Just, that is yeah, incredible. And you were involved yeah. in that for 10 years? Almost 10 years. And um, I came to an interesting cross-section where um, you might be familiar with that little voice inside that maybe about a year or so before I ended up leaving or resigning mm-hmm. um, to pursue speaking full-time, I just got a little prompt that was just like, the time is coming soon where you're going you're gonna to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I, like, there's more for you, kind of like mm-hmm. there's more. And I didn't know exactly what that was yet. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a real kind of grip on exactly what I, you know, how it was going to look, but I just, I had heard that voice before along my life and was like, okay, well. Is yours aggressive like mine? My voice is quite (laughs) aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is very aggressive. Um, I am a professional accountant, so I'm a CPA and. Okay. Yeah. I've been one for seven, uh, 13 years, but I've been doing accounting for 20 and the last five, I've had a very aggressive voice saying, you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing <laughs> She's this. She's like an angry New Yorker. Like, what are you doing? Stop doing this. Oh my God. How many times do I have to tell you stop with the accounting? Um, That's quite like literally, nicer. that is what I'm hearing. <laughs> How did you know? I, I don't think they start out as angry New Yorkers. I think those (laughs) voices start out as like, Oprah talks about how it's like, there's a little rock. It's like, Uh ping, ping, or a whisper. It's a whisper. whisper, Like, hey, maybe, maybe you should start looking at this. (laughs) Right. And then we're like, no, 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 no. And then it's, you know, a little bit louder. Hey, what do you think about this? And then it's like a ping, a little rock on a, hey, ow, like what? What is that? And then it's like a brick right in the eyeball. (laughs) 
Like that really hurt. Yep. And then the whole damn wall just falls on, on top of your head if you don't listen. And yeah. so I had kind of gone through that in my life at different levels and different um, capacity for my own listening to that voice. But I have definitely taken a few good leaps in my life. And like, I owned a marketing company at one point and, you know, getting out of the radio, doing, you know, stuff. I did so much music in Toronto, like we like stuff that took me outside of myself to jump in and both feet and just make a commitment. Yeah. So when this voice came along at that point, I think I was probably like 40, just turning 40. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just be open to what presents itself. And I believe in energy and things like the law of attraction. And I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I don't know if I'm going too crazy mm-hmm. for your audience, nope. but nope. you know, your, your point of attraction, I believe that when you, when you open up a vibration for the next thing to come, mm-hmm. she comes. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, okay, I don't know what it is. My responsibility is not how or what, or any of that stuff. My responsibility is just to be open. So I opened. And I ended up in New York leadership course. It was like kind of like a mini MBA type course where all of these executives from all over the world were there by invite only. Mm -hmm. And I got in, that's a whole other story, on a scholarship um, that people paid like $30,000 for me to be able to go. Wow. And I met a lady who is a pretty big businesswoman in Calgary. She was the only other Calgary person and it was a woman and she was a businesswoman. And we hit it off as friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who she was really at that point. Mm-hmm. It was way after the fact. I think it was actually on like the last day of the last month, we went twice to New York yeah. that I found out who she was and she's a pretty big deal. <laughs> uh, and we, she ended up just coming with an opportunity for me to help her in business from a leadership capacity. And it was just an undeniable opportunity that I was like, there's no, this is too crazy. Mm -hmm. So it was my trigger. It was probably about a year and a half after that voice. And so I sat down with my executive directors, probably the, one of the hardest adult decisions I've ever made, because to this day, I'm still in touch with students that I taught people that, I mean, even throughout COVID, I got a call. This will break your heart. I got a call a message on Facebook Messenger from a girl who was in the program 10 years ago. And she had just gone through a series of hard things. She was, uh, she was in foster care when she was in my program and she was making a good go. She was going into beauty school like we had kept in touch a little bit over the years. Anyway, she called or messaged me through Facebook uh, April. So COVID had, had been now about a month And she said, Jen, I'm not safe. I'm, I'm alone. I'm not safe. I don't have anybody to call. You're the only person I can reach out to. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? She was homeless. She was in a not safe place. She was like dire straits. And I'm thinking about how far away from her I was, as far as the layers of people I probably hadn't, we probably hadn't messaged for two years, three years. Mm -hmm. And even at that point, we were just, we just messaged every now and then. It wasn't like we had talked on the phone. It wasn't like I had seen her in 10 years. And Mm -hmm. I was the only person she could go back in her mind and think, can you help me? Yeah. 
And I was able to help her. I reached out through my network. I had a friend, friends who are, you know, working at the YWCA. And I was like, this is a 911 emergency. I know that, you know, everybody's overbooked. They're, you know, beds are hard to come by. I just, I need help for this girl. And we got a cab to the place that she was staying. Mm -hmm. We got her out of there. We paid for the cab. We got her to like, it was, it was miraculous, but I mean, so that work is near and dear to my heart and still, you know, interacts with my day to day life frequently. Mm-hmm. And so to leave that was, was hard. I felt like a bit of a sellout. I felt like, oh, what are you going to do? Pursue this glorious speaking career and become blah, blah, like some ego. And I, I had to really calm that. I call them the committee of assholes in my head. <laughs> It's like a boardroom full of Donald Trumps. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, they're I in have there. one of those too. I have one of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do a YouTube video jerks. acting that out. I'm just going to do a whole like thing of people. I can't what, wait. What happens in my head. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> but but I had to, I had to stare them down and say, no, I'm, I'm listening to that voice mm-hmm. and it's not an easy choice for sure, but I have to trust. And it hasn't been easy. You know, it hasn't been just all butterflies and rainbows. When you take that leap, sometimes you actually fall mm-hmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> just right on the face, <laughs> right flat on the face. And that's why Brene Brown is so important because she talks about the moment where your face is in the dirt, mm-hmm. right? That quote from Daring Greatly, like I, uh, I have it written everywhere because it's, it's just- right here beside my desk. Like, and I have- I love it, yeah. Again. Like, I just, I love it. If you're not going to get in the ring, then just don't even bother criticizing. Don't bother. Yeah. yeah. So what you saw at Rise, that was- You, Daring Greatly. Like another phase- <laughs> And now looking at, like, I've actually done some work with one of the other speakers, Elise, mm-hmm. there. Because after I got home, I had some blocks. I had some emotional stuff dealing with my parents and dealing with what are they going to say and all of those things. And so I did some some deep, I was glad I didn't have 100 people in the room watching me, but we jumped on Zoom and I did a session where we we pulled some of that old stuff up and... Mm-hmm doesn't have any space in this, this, this direction and this in momentum and movement. Yeah. And clear that shit out. Get it out of here. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Get the crap out. Right. So that you just move forward. And that's what I, uh, I just love, loved everything about not just your vulnerability that weekend, but everybody's and just remembering to um, remember her. Remember, that's what it all came back to yeah. was remember her. Yeah. And it was yeah. so powerful yeah. that that was the the message that all of the speakers were touching on. Wasn't that amazing? Amazing. Amazing. It was uh, the, I love it when that happens. I'm sure you've been to conferences before where they just all get on the same energetic thread and give different versions of the importance of whatever that you know, idea is. And and you're right. That was, that was a hundred percent, you know, remember her and, and leaving there. I, I really felt for myself that something had, had opened up Mm -hmm. to, to remember her and to allow her and to welcome her and to celebrate her. Like all of that really did shift for me. Yeah. 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 Um, I have, 
just one second here. I have this on my desk and this was the, um, the thing that Kim gave us with the bracelet. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, right. So I want to yes, read that awesome. because it yeah. ties to what we're talking Please. about right now. Um, it's called Remember Her, That Little Girl You Used to Be, Unconditionally Loving, Doing Things Because They Brought You Joy. That joy comes when you let go of who you think you should be and let yourself be who you are. She is still there. You are still the dream she had. You are the freedom she felt. You are the unconditional love she had. You are the way she saw the world way back then. You can find her again because she is you. She wants you to rise up to who you thought you could be before the world told you who you should be. She wants you to find that part of your life again where you really dream, where you are being who you need to be, where you are doing this for you and your heart. So remember her and rise to meet her. Choose that joy. Mm, so and beautiful. That, that was so amazing. And I think, I think that um, that was something else that I took away from that weekend, watching you, watching all the other speakers, was that I can be vulnerable and get on that stage one day too. And it's not going to be an easy thing for me because I'm, I'm what you would call an extroverted introvert. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, I'm, mm-hmm. I consider myself a professional house mouse. And so getting on a stage is going to be not easy. That's for sure. Um, but I, I just wanted to say that I'm grateful for meeting you and seeing you be vulnerable in front of all of those people, because that means that I can do it too. So I am mm. just, I'm grateful for you showing me that, that weekend. I'm truly grateful mm. for that. Well, thank you for, for saying that. And thank you for making, being a part of making the space for that, because you know, those things don't happen when people are closed off. Like we were talking about the energy at the beginning, it shifted. Mm-hmm. I feel like it shifted dramatically as things started just, you know, opening up and flowing. And um, so thanks. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing that with me. And I have all the belief and faith in the world that you're just going to get opportunities where you're going to show yourself how much you can do. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we also un- underestimate or fear, right? Mm-hmm. Fear is crazy. Fear is fear. It's just holds you back, and it just needs to be kicked in the ass and just say, "Get out of here!" Right? I love what Elizabeth. uh, Do you know Elizabeth Gilbert? She wrote uh, the Eat, Pray, Love. She got a lot of other great books as well. But she, uh, in her book Big Magic, was talking about how fear is a necessary um, character in the story. Let's say, like, we're in a road trip, we're going in a car, and fear is here. Fear is in the back seat. It's okay, but fear does not get to drive. Fear does not even get to choose the radio station. Fear is not in the passenger seat. Fear is not navigating, but fear is present to be like, hey, what about this? And I love that because I get this visual of like, okay, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? thank you. But, but you're not driving. But you're, you're not, not driving. driving. You're here. I acknowledge you. You're not driving. Yeah. I so I love that because I get that little visual of like, well, no, we need fear. Fear, yeah. is, fear is a voice of wisdom sometimes. Like, should you really do that? Yeah. And sometimes it saved my butt <laughs> having that mm-hmm. fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't do mm-hmm. that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm just, I'm so grateful that um, you came on my podcast. Is there something that you are grateful for today? Oh, my. 
today? <laughs> Can it be really superficial? Your eyelashes, which my eyelashes. are so gorgeous. Oh my God. Oh, they look great. <laughs> yeah. After COVID began. So I was actually in the room, the same room that we were in Rise, uh, for Rise. I was speaking at a conference there on March 12th. What? <laughs> and the uh, a friend of mine came up to hang out with me and have dinner that night. And we went skiing the next day on the 13th when everything basically shut down in the world. Mm-hmm. And after that, my lashes, because all the lash salons, like everything now, as of I think Sunday, they're all shut down. I did have this booked, but yeah. um, sh- uh, my lash girl had to shut down. And so I just let the lashes fall off. And then I just didn't get them put back on because I was like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. And um I'm blonde. I'm very, very blonde. My (laughs) eyelashes are blonde. And when I'm not wearing makeup, my husband says I'm just a nose. (laughs) Like I look like the Snapchat filter where it's just a nose and there's nothing else on the face. (laughs) Like that's what I look like. So I was like, you know what? We're wearing masks all the time. You know, I'm not going to get my lips done. Like, you know, (laughs) True story. I actually did pre-COVID, just before COVID, I got a little plump put in my lips and I'm like, now we're wearing masks. This is stupid. Anyway. (laughs) What a waste of money. What a waste of plump. I'm like, see, look, (laughs) just look, (laughs) this look at me is just a lip. So the only things you should really get is like Botox here mm -hmm, and your eyelashes mm -hmm. and your eyes. That's it. That's all you need. Well, for now, yeah, just focus on, there should be, they should be running these Botox deal campaigns. We're just they like should. 50% off. Because <laughs> you just, you just need, you just need top, just the top of your face. <laughs> half price, half your face, half price. <laughs> oh my God. That is so Marketing, true. right? Marketing. Hey, get on it. <laughs> Uh, so I'm grateful for my lashes and I'm a skier. So I'm going to be going skiing. And I was just envisioning mascara running down my face. And I'm like, no, I need to have lashes for skiing. So I booked this and she's mobile. She came, she came to me. She has this whole chair thing. She's got lights. It was awesome. What? That is amazing. Oh my god! And they look beautiful. They look so beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Now that I have a sore stomach from laughing. <laughs> and this was just a little teaser of what she does on her, uh, on the stage. And so on that note, where can people find you? Yes, I am jennyb.ca on my website, which has a lot of leadership stuff and personal development stuff and comedy stuff. And I am... I don't know my YouTube name. If you look up Jennifer Barrel or Google Jenny B, you'll find my YouTube. Um, I'm looking for all the subscribes I can get on that Darren channel so I can have a custom name because it's a new thing for me. So if you yeah. like to giggle, I'm going to be putting out lots of funny content. And I'm Jenny B underscore YYC on Instagram. Excellent. I will have all of those links in the show notes as well. So everybody can go and check out your YouTube. The two um, acts that she did at Rise are on there. They are. <laughs> the chin yes. hair full, and all. Yeah. 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 And you'll see what I mean. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate everything. Thank you, Tiffany. Thanks that for having done. me. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? 
Trust me, I know from personal experience that the thought of it can make you just shut down that idea immediately. Where do I even begin? What equipment do I need? Will people even care what I have to say? What if I run out of things to say? The list of questions goes on and on. I had the questions too, so don't worry. And now that I've done the work and I'm still learning every day, I am ready to teach others that they can do it too and it doesn't have to be scary. I will be sharing more info over the next month on when my course will be launching, so please stay tuned. And if you have any specific topics you'd like to see covered in this course, please feel free to send me a DM and I'll be sure to consider it. If you want to use your voice to entertain, educate, or inspire others, you will definitely be interested in the course that I am building. It will have so much great content and have you starting your podcast in no time. Believe me when I say this, people want to hear what you have to say. So let's find your voice together and start your own podcast. Well, that is a wrap for another episode of Hard Beautiful Journey. Please be sure and come back next time. And until then, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Ms. Tiff Vaughn and Hard Beautiful Journey, as well as my website, tiffanyvaughn.ca. Until next time, be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.